today we're continuing our series, uh, Religion versus Relationship. This is part two. And uh, I'm going to ask that you stand as we read Genesis 3, verses 8 and 9, which is the focal passage of the series. As we're going to see in this passage once again, before there was sin in the world, God walked onto this, in this world to speak face to face with Adam and Eve. God has always wanted a personal relationship with us. Genesis 3, 8 and 9. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've always wanted to be not just a part of our lives. You just wanted to give us real life. The plans you have for us are far greater than the plans that we could have for ourselves. And no matter how much money we have in this world or how much success we have in this world, without you, we are empty and we have nothing. Your purpose, your ways are much higher and greater than our purpose and our ways. As Isaiah 55 tells us, your thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. It's all about you. We were created for your glory. But from the very beginning, we have wanted to govern ourselves and be our own gods. We, we call upon you when it's convenient, when we are in need. And when we are no longer in need, we want you to mind your own business. Forgive us, Lord. We excuse our sins. Oftentimes because we say our sins aren't as bad as somebody else's. Or because everybody's doing these things. But Father, from the very beginning, sin has been rebellion against you and your authority. And there is no excuse. No excuse for the sins that we have accepted in our lives. I thank you that 2,000 years ago you sent your son into this world to die on the cross and pay the price for our sins that we may no longer be held captive by the power of sin and that we would no longer have to face a penalty of sin because Christ himself took our penalty upon himself. He paid the price that we should have paid. And forgive us, Lord, because for so many, that's still not enough. Father, I ask that today that we may come to an acknowledgement and a realization of our need to repent before you, to, to, to walk away from our sins, to fall on our knees before you and start following you and serving you and worshiping you and living for your glory. For our good. 
for those who are parents, for the good of their children, for those who are grandparents, for the good of all their families. That people around us may be able to see that you are still God and you are real as they see your presence and your work in our lives. So speak today the words that we need to hear, Father. This is your time. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see you all here today, and good to have those of you who are watching us on Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us. Once again, we're doing our second part of the series, Religion versus Relationship. And something we need to understand is God is like a loving parent whose children have run away. His greatest desire is for us to choose to come back to him. God created all of us with free will, the ability to make our own choices. So often we blame God for the bad choices that we make. But he cannot and will not force anyone to love him. We are created in his image. Just as we desire people to freely love us, so too does God want us to freely love him. He will not force anybody to love him because if you force somebody, you try to force, that's not really love. God desires a personal relationship with every single one of us. It doesn't matter who you are or what kind of life you live or what people have done to you. God wants a personal relationship with every one of us. You can never be so wrong that God can't love you or that God has stopped loving you. As a parent, he wants to, to protect and to provide for us. He wants to impart his wisdom on us. And his rules are not written to, to spoil our chance of happiness, but to increase our happiness. Christianity is not a, a meaningless set of rules. It's not a meaningless, set, a meaningless set of rituals. But it's a restoration of a family relationship with our Heavenly Father. God walked through the garden to fellowship with Adam and Eve. 2,000 years ago, God became man and walked in this world to fellowship with us and to restore our fellowship with him. This day, his Holy Spirit dwells amongst us, amongst us, to fellowship with us, to direct and to guide us, and to transform our lives for his glory, for our good. Christianity is misunderstood by most people in this generation. I want you to understand this, and I, I hope you get this. Christianity is not a religion. There are enough religions out there. As I've said before, you got Buddhism and, and Islam and Hinduism and I mean, all kinds of different religions out there. There's enough religion in this world, but Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus that brings about the, the transformation of lives to those who faithfully follow him. Christianity is something that takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. 
to, to be far better and greater than, than you could have ever become on your own. The name Christian originated in the church of Antioch, which is, was situated where Syria is, is uh, right now. And people who first were called Christians in the church of Antioch just a few years after Christ returned to heaven. And it was meant to be a put-down. Because Christians were hated in those days. Those who followed Jesus, there was those who followed the way were hated. There, you know, people who follow Jesus, we're being hated today. They're calling us judgmental because we believe what the Bible says. If the Bible calls things sins, we say those things are sins. Well, you're being judgmental. No, the Bible says it is, not us. We didn't make that up. And God is going to judge you according to the Bible. We're just warning you. Warning you that God's going to judge you for those things in the same way that we had to repent because we knew we were going to get judged for our own sins. Everybody needs to repent. But Christians, they were hated and they were, and Christianity, the original, when they were first called Christians, it was meant to put them down. They, they were being teased. It means of the party of Christ. It was a reference to all those who were worshiping Christ at that time. But it became a badge of honor instead to those who love Jesus. Christian, yes, I'm a Christian. Go ahead, call me a Christian all day, any day, every second of, of, of the day. I'll take it. Because Christianity is a powerful way of life. It is a name to those who, who, who reflect the presence of Christ in this world. Being a Christian is not about a simple prayer without a total commitment to Christ, but it is a simple prayer of repentance with a total commitment to live for Jesus. And once you start living for Jesus, you were empowered by Jesus to be so much greater than what you could have been on your own. Religion will excuse your sinful behavior or falsely give you ways to make up for your sinful behavior. Relationship with Jesus leads to a life of righteousness and holiness because you love God and you desire to please him. No religion, no religious leader, no religious activity can bring forgiveness of sin. Only the blood of Jesus shed on the cross can do so. And that comes as we repent before God. Repentance doesn't mean... I, you just say, I'm sorry. A man who beats his wife and tells her I'm sorry every time is still wrong. Repentance means I'm not only sorry, but I hate that I was doing that sin and I will no longer do it. I will now start following Christ and do things his way. That's repentance. And there are actually some religions that won't even call sinful behaviors a sin anymore. Even the Bible says that they're sinful behaviors. There's a lot of whole denominations that are no longer calling sinful behaviors sins. Because they don't want to offend anybody. They want to be all-inclusive. Yeah, everybody's going to be all-inclusive all the way to hell. You can give people truth and lead them to heaven. Or you can go ahead and give them this mansy-pansy, oh, sweet type of what isn't really a gospel and, and, and let them go to Jesus unforgiven, unrepentant, and, be, and to be condemned to eternity in hell. 
every sin, even a white lie, is enough to, uh, of a sin to condemn you to hell without the cleansing of sins from the blood of Jesus. If a religion, if a pastor does not preach against sin, run from that religion, run from that church. Some people say, well, you know, everybody sins. That's why Jesus died for everybody. So that we will no longer continue in those sins. And we're going to get into that in a second. There are some religions that teach it's okay to lie to anyone who is not of that religion. If your religion tells you it's okay to lie to anybody who's not of your religion, that is a cult. Run from it. Now, many people today believe that they can continue to live sinfully and still be right with God. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, God knows that your heart is not truly committed to him if you're continuing to live in sin. And those who say, well, well you know, you can go ahead and be a Christian and still be sinful, they haven't read Romans 6, 11 to 14. Listen closely to this. Because people keep saying, oh, Jesus didn't say that, that, uh, that we have to uh, sin. He didn't condemn sin. And the Bible doesn't really condemn. Uh, Romans 6, 11 to 14, this is what the Bible says. In the same way, count yourselves, speaking to Christians, if you are truly a Christian, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign. Do not let sin rule in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master. We need to stop excusing sinful behavior in our lives. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Either Jesus is your Lord or sin is your master. Speaking of those who were religious in Jesus' day, those religious leaders that followed him and criticized him all the way, even had, uh, had him crucified. Jesus said, you know, they, they were very religious, but they didn't have a right relationship with God. And this is what Jesus said about those religious leaders. And that's why I said, religious relationship, two different things. They were very religious, but they didn't have a true relationship with God. Because if they had a true relationship with God, they would have recognized that Jesus was the Son of God. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I hear so many people say, I know I'm not living right, but I am a Christian. You are not a Christian because of what you say or what you believe or even because of your religion. You're a Christian by the way you live a holy life as you walk daily with Jesus. This is what the Bible says about true Christians. 1 John 2, verses 3 to 6 says this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep 
his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, speaking of the Lord's, love for God is truly made complete in him. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. People are like, oh man, ain't nobody going to live like Jesus. Well, definitely not if you keep living your way. But when you let the Spirit of God have control of you and you stop making excuses for your sin and you start living for Christ and, and, and start uh, seeking him every day and spend time in prayer every day and reading the word of God, the Bible every day, his spirit transforms you and cleanses you and renews you and makes you out to be a new person. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Paul Washer said, a lot of people think that Christianity is you doing all the righteous things you hate and avoiding all the wicked things you love in order to go to heaven. No, that's a lost man with religion. A Christian is a person whose heart has been changed. They have new affections. You get that? A Christian is one who has new desires. You don't desire the world's ways. You don't desire the, the sinful things of the world anymore. You desire what God desires. A Christian hates the sin that God hates without hating the sinner. A Christian lives to please God rather than himself or any religion. In the biblical days, as well as in some cultures today, your belief translates to a lifestyle. What you believe is evident by how you live. If you claim to believe one way while living another, then it is not a true belief. It is a knowledge about faith without any real commitment to it. And that's why it's so easy to get into religion without having a genuine personal, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion is easy. Religion gives you alternatives to relationship. Religion gets you to depend on the religion rather than on Christ. Religion makes you think that you need to go through that religion to get to God. Religion says if you perform certain rituals and say certain prayers, you're in good standing with God. The Bible points us to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, directly to Jesus Christ, not through a religion, not through a church, not through a, a, a spiritual leader, not through says not through anything, but through directly to Jesus Christ that has nothing to do with religious rituals, has nothing to do with memorized prayers. It's about praying from your heart and letting him speak to your heart. Religion gets you the approval of, of their leadership. Religion gets you the approval of those of the religion. But relationship gets you God's approval. Speaking of the religious leaders of his day, Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9, In vain do they worship me, teaching us doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus didn't like the religion of his day. And Jesus doesn't like anything that becomes a substitute for a personal relationship with God. 
the closer you walk with God, the less room there is for anything to come between you. The closer you walk with God, the less room there is for anything to come between you. A Christian is holy because of the presence of God's Holy Spirit in you because of your personal relationship with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are temples of the Holy Spirit. What is a temple? It's a place where God dwells. When you are truly a Christian, you've given your heart to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to dwell within you. The things that you would never do in the sanctuary of a holy church, this sanctuary should not be doing either. What you wouldn't say in the sanctuary of a holy church, you shouldn't be saying with this sanctuary. The thoughts you wouldn't have in the sanctuary of the holy church, you shouldn't have in this temple. A Christian is cleansed by the blood of Jesus and by the presence of his Holy Spirit in us. It is the Holy Spirit who works in us to transform us, to cleanse us, to free us of the power of sin. It's all about the relationship that we have with Jesus and the, the time that we spend with him, and that's where we have the victory. The less time you spend with Jesus, the more power sin has over you. The, the more time you spend with Jesus, the less power sin has over you. This has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion can't give you this. The wonderful news is that God invites you to have a personal relationship with him. A personal relationship that brings about such a, a transformation in your life that you are no longer who you used to be. And you are no longer guilty of sin. Isaiah 1.18, God said, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. This is God saying, inviting us. He says, Come now, let us settle the matter. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. He's talking about forgiveness of sins. People who are afraid to come to church or are afraid of, uh, of, uh, of even watching it on Facebook Live. They're afraid of, of talking to Christians or talking about God. And why are you afraid when all God says is, come to me and let me make all the difference you need in your life? God wants to forgive you. He wants to, to bring purpose to your life. He wants to bring his presence into your life so that every second of every day, wherever you are, whatever you, God is with you. Dr. Tony Evans said this, A dinner plate left out overnight is hard to clean the next day. The best way to clean it the next day is to soak it in hot, soapy dishwater. Letting a dish abide in the dishwater will allow a hard-cleaning job to become a lot easier. This is what abiding in Jesus does for Christians. We are much easier to clean up when we've been hanging out in the right environment.
He said, I'm struggling with this sin. Spend more time with Jesus. You abide with him. You spend more time with him. And he will cleanse your heart and your very soul. Religion says, scrape off the dirt. It tells us to work hard to fix the problem. Relationship says, soak. Just sit in the hot, soapy water for a, for a while. Abiding in Jesus will set you free from sin. Only having a personal relationship with Jesus will set you free. No religion can do that. If you have a religion that makes you think that you have to go through them to get to Christ, you get away from that religion. Only Jesus can save your soul. Only Jesus died on the cross for you. God walked through the garden to fellowship with Adam and Eve. When they hid from him, he asked, where are you? Are you hiding from God behind religion today? Where are you in your relationship with Jesus? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Because no matter who we are, what we've done, what's been done to us, You desire to have a personal relationship with us. You want us to know you. You want us to experience you personally in our lives. You want to forgive us. You want to heal us. You want to deliver us from addictions, from, from the, the hurts, from the pains of our past, from the anger. You want to bring peace to our lives. Hope to every day. Direction for our steps. Father, I thank you that you want anything to do with us at all. We have all sinned against you. We have all failed you. You have never failed us. Father, I ask that today that we may look at sin as you look at sin. That we may not excuse it. Because no matter how nice we are, how many good things we do, if we have sinned, we are not in a good relationship with you. If we claim to know you, if we claim to be your children, but we continue to live in sinful behavior, then we are only lying to ourselves. Because how could somebody who is filled with the presence of a holy God and made into a temple of God continue to to dance with the enemy. To hold on to the sin that you hate. The sin that put Christ on the cross. Forgive us when we continue to sin in spite of the cross. Completely disrespecting you, Jesus. Forgive us.
And I ask that today, that we may all ask you to forgive us, that we may repent, not just say forgive us, but we may repent and say, I no longer want to be that person. I no longer want to continue to live in sin. That we may seek your presence from this day forward. forward that, that we may start praying to you every day from our hearts, not memorize prayers, from our hearts, seeking you, offering ourselves to you, seeking your strength, your, your help and your direction. Move, Father, in us. That we may stop settling for less than giving you our best. Because you gave us your all on, on that cross. God, is that from this day forward, Lord, we may be right with you. That we may start filling our minds with the things of your holy word as we start reading the Bible. And allowing the word of God to transform our hearts and our souls and our minds. So move Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.